While we were recording this episode, unfortunately, Karen suddenly had to attend to a family emergency. As a result, you will notice that this episode has a different format from our previous episodes. Hi, Chris. How are you today? Uh, I guess I'm feeling a bit better compared to last time we spoke. The last time we spoke, you seemed down. Yeah. And so I want to know what you've been up to this past few days. Yeah. Yeah, I was really so low the last time we spoke. I was so flat and feeling lost. It was a good thing that I had a session with my psychologist a couple of days after that. So we talked a lot about how I was dealing with my anxiety and how it's making my depression worse. We had to go back to things that I've learned about setbacks, how to deal with setbacks moving forward when you're feeling stuck. And I thought self-compassion is the first thing I should look into. Based on the review written by Kristen D. Neff on self-compassion in the Annual Review of Psychology. Self-compassion refers to being supportive toward oneself when experiencing suffering or pain, be it caused by perceived failure, personal mistakes, inadequacy, or external life challenges. It involves being present with our own pain, feeling connected to others who are also suffering, and understanding and supporting ourselves through difficult moments. Self-compassion takes a tender, nurturing form, especially when it is aimed at self-acceptance or soothing distressing emotions. It can also take a fierce, powerful, advocating form, especially when it is aimed at self-protection, meeting our important needs or motivating change. When I said I was looking for things why I deserve this and justifying why these things are happening to me, that's the wrong mindset. Instead of thinking that, I should really be more compassionate with myself the same way I am whenever I talk to a friend or my sisters. For example, if it were my friend who is in my situation, I wouldn't tell them, oh, you're in that situation because you did this or you did that. I would never do that or say those things to a friend or my sister, yet I do it to myself. And I thought, why do I say those things to myself? If I were to love myself and care for myself, then I should be my own friend first and foremost. I should look after myself like I would look after a friend. And as they say, Compassion, by definition, literally means to suffer with or having empathy. So if I notice myself suffering, then I should be wrapping my arms around myself as I would a friend. I would be giving a friend a hug. I would make myself feel loved and have empathy instead of putting myself down further by finding faults, digging into what I have done wrong, finding things that I did to deserve what's happening to me. Kristen D. Neff conceptualizes self-compassion as composed of three bipolar subcomponents, 
1. Self-kindness versus self-judgment, 2. Common humanity versus isolation, 3. Mindfulness versus over-identification. Self-kindness versus self-judgment. I didn't bring this upon myself. While it's true that good things happen to good people, that doesn't mean good people are immune to bad things. After all, not all things are within our control. We have no control over other people, weather, and time. No matter how many times I run things through my head and think how I could have done things differently, I really have no control over how other people would react. And that's what I need to believe. As far as I know, I have always done things with good intentions. I know my heart, and I know I always have the best intentions given what I know in the moment. If other people react unpredictably to my actions, that is on them, not me. It's not always about me or because of me. I should start thinking of things that way. And I should really change the way I think so that I don't believe everything happens because of me, because of what I've done, because I've done something wrong. Things just happen. It is what it is. Self-kindness versus self-judgment. Most of us try to be kind and supportive toward our friends and loved ones when they feel badly about themselves or experience life challenges. We may voice words of warmth and understanding to let them know we care, perhaps even offering a physical gesture of affection such as putting a hand on their shoulder. However, we are often much harsher with ourselves, saying unkind and judgmental things that we would never say to a friend. With self-compassion, we take a supportive attitude rather than condemning ourselves coldly. We acknowledge our shortcomings while caring for ourselves regardless. This type of self-acceptance decreases feelings of unworthiness. Self-kindness involves more than ending self-criticism. It involves actively showing concern for our distress. That we are moved by our own pain, self-kindness involves being emotionally available when life becomes difficult. It means stopping to say, this is really hard right now. How can I care for myself in this moment? When we respond to ourselves with warmth, we feel validated, supported, and encouraged, in a similar manner to how we feel when we receive kindness from another. Every night when I go to sleep, I'm starting to form this habit now of putting my hand on my chest, just to feel comfort and feel warmth. It's like making myself feel that, yeah, I love, I love myself. You are loved. When you put your hand in your chest, it's probably also, you know, when you feel your heart beat, that you're grounding yourself. Yes. That, okay, I'm alive. I have this heart that has capacity to love others, but I have to love myself first. Yes. And also giving you a feeling that you're important, that you matter that you exist for a reason. Yes. Common humanity versus isolation. It's also a way of acknowledging that, yes, I'm going through a very difficult time right now. Things are really hard right now. But while comforting myself 
I need to be mindful not to become so immersed in my problems that I lose an objective perspective. And what I mean by that is, yes, I'm going through a very hard time, but this is not because I deserve it or that I'm being punished. I need to remind myself that it is normal and natural for human beings to struggle at times, go through challenges and rough times. I need to remind myself that this is not a targeted occurrence. The world does not revolve around me. The universe is not out there conspiring against me. As egocentric as that may sound, saying that out loud, the way that that really plays out in my head is in the form of self-pity. It's coming from this place of having self-pity. Common humanity versus isolation. When we fail or make mistakes, we tend to irrationally feel like everyone else is just fine and we are the only ones who have blown it. This is not a logical process, but an emotional reaction that narrows our understanding and distorts reality. And even when our struggles stem from difficult life circumstances that we don't blame ourselves for, we tend to feel that somehow everyone else is having an easier time of it. We forget that part of being human means facing challenges and being vulnerable. This feeling of abnormality creates a frightening sense of disconnection and loneliness that exacerbates our suffering. With self-compassion, we recognize that life challenges are part of being human, an experience we all share. In fact, our struggles are what make us card-carrying members of humankind. The element of common humanity also helps to distinguish self-compassion from self-pity. Compassion is, by definition, relational. It implies a basic mutuality in the experience of suffering, and it springs from the acknowledgement that the human experience is imperfect. When we're in touch with our humanity, we remember that everyone experiences suffering. The triggers are different, the circumstances are different, the degree of pain is different, but the experience of imperfection is shared. When we remember our common humanity, we feel less isolated and alone. Why me? Woe is me. <laughs> Saying that out loud just makes it feel egocentric now. I need these reminders so I don't wallow in self-pity. Otherwise, it becomes this whole emotional drama that makes me feel, like I said, targeted, isolated, disconnected, leading me to plunge into darkness. Darkness that makes me feel like if I'm being punished and I'm the only one experiencing this, no one will be able to empathize enough to help me. And I'm doomed to suffer and likely deserve this. So what's, what's the point in living? Mindfulness versus over-identification. After speaking with my psychologist, I was again reminded that I need to be mindful that all these unhelpful self-talk or rumination, they're only thoughts. The more these unhealthy thoughts and self-talk intensifies, the more 
they affect how I feel to the point of even controlling how I feel. Then before I know it, I'm treating these thoughts like as if they are Bible truths, like as if they are evidence-based facts. Oh, I truly deserve this because I'm a bad person. I'm stuck in this situation and there's no future for me. There's nothing I can do to get out of this rut, so I might as well give up. I talk to myself like as if these thoughts that I come up with are reality. And that's not right. That's what makes me plummet into even deeper depression and anxiety. Mindfulness versus over-identification In order to have compassion for ourselves we need to be willing to turn toward our own pain, to acknowledge it mindfully. Mindfulness is a type of balanced awareness that neither avoids nor exaggerates the discomfort of our present moment experience. We cannot show ourselves compassion if we don't acknowledge we're in pain. If we fight and resist the fact that we're suffering, our attention may become so absorbed by our pain that we cannot step outside ourselves and adopt the perspective needed to care for ourselves. We may become overly identified with our negative thoughts or feelings and be swept away by our aversive reactions. This is a type of rumination that narrows our focus and exaggerates implications for self-worth. For example, not only did I make a mistake, I am a mistake. Not only did something horrible happen, my life is horrific. Over-identification tends to solidify our moment-to-moment -moment experience so that we perceive transitory events as definitive and permanent. With mindfulness, however, we recognize that our negative thoughts and feelings, are just that, thoughts and feelings, which helps us to be less absorbed by and identified with them. We have the perspective necessary to extend compassion for our difficulties. For this reason, mindfulness is the pillar on which self-compassion rests. But boy, I tell you, being mindful, it's not easy. Especially when I can't see any progress in my efforts to get unstuck or try to solve my problems. The setbacks are really hard to manage. I guess that's where finding things to do that give me a sense of productivity, they help. Like this podcast, for example, or even simply doing chores. Activities that help me practice mindfulness, they also help a lot. Like going back to coloring and crafts, they all help. They also not only help me be in the present, they also calm me down, help me manage my anxiety and calm me down. And of course, doing a bit of self-care. Self-care versus self-compassion. We tend to use self-care and self-compassion interchangeably, and often have the habit of considering self-care as a replacement for self-compassion. However, Self-compassion is fundamental to enable meaningful and purposeful self-care. While self-care is treating yourself kindly, self-compassion is regarding yourself kindly. It is the distinction between doing and being, acting and thinking. It is this distinction that we need to make in order to get meaningful results from our self-care, 
and view ourselves in a compassionate light. Self-compassion is the very thing that helps us honor our basic human experience without judgment. It's what gives us space to feel what we need to feel, how we need to feel it, when we are grieving or burnt out or just plain exhausted. It's the grace we need in order to thrive, not just survive. Self-care without self-compassion will help you survive, for a little while. When self-care activities are not motivated by self-compassion but by the human desire to simply check a box, it becomes a debt in every sense of the word, since some self-care activities demand time and money. They insufficiently fulfill us. Self-care is not just a bubble bath we take once a week to convince ourselves that we are filling our cup. It should come from a place where we truly believe we deserve our own compassion and care, in order to be our best most fulfilled selves. But even with self-care, I need to make sure that while I'm practicing self-care, it is coming from a place of compassion. That I believe I need to look after myself because I care and love myself as much as I love any of my friends and family members that I'm not just doing it to simply say, yep, I've done self-care, but while doing it, feel guilty and ashamed that I'm doing something for myself when I should be doing things for other people. I should be looking at self-care like I'm looking after a friend. That if this is something that a friend of mine is doing, then I would be very proud of them for looking after themselves instead of feeling like how can I be having a bubble bath right now when I haven't really solved any of my problems when I don't deserve it because I haven't really progressed in this situation and I'm still in this rut. I don't deserve this. I really should change that mindset first. Make sure I am convinced that I deserve it I am convinced that I should be loving myself, that I love myself, that I'm doing this because I love myself and I care about myself. Next time, when Karen gets back, Chris and Karen will talk about how they practice self-care and other ideas on managing setbacks. Did you do some self-care, self-love? Oh, well, yes, I suppose last Saturday after golf, I thought I'd have a bath. And when I say have a bath, that means with bath bomb, bath salts, all the works. And not just the usual, you know, having a shower, like what we do every day. That was the first time I had a bath in this house because we moved into our own place four years ago. So I've never really had a bath in this house and I was like, wow, this is really good. I really did a good job choosing this bathtub for this house. And, and I want to clarify that the first time you've used the bathtub, but you have been using the shower in the past <laughs> yes, years <I> instead. <laughs> Before we end this episode, Chris and Karen would like to thank all of you listeners out there. Those who have recently started listening to us especially in Singapore, 
Malawi, the UK, several parts of the US like San Diego, Columbus, Canoga Park and North Hollywood and of course, several parts of Australia and their country of heritage, the Philippines. MIOK is intended for mature audiences as it discusses topics that can be emotional and upsetting. Stories, experiences, recollections, opinions or insights shared by us are our own and does not reflect or represent the views and opinions of medical practitioners or other experts in mental health. The podcast or any linked materials should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for professional expertise or treatments. If you're struggling with mental health, we encourage you to seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider. Please do not disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you or someone you care for is in need of immediate assistance, please find treatment locators and helplines in your country of residence, such as 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline in the United States, and Lifeline or Beyond Blue in Australia. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us through our socials and follow us. You'll find our handle in the episode description. Or, if there's anything you'd like us to talk more about, you can email us through email at gmail.com. If you have friends or family who you think would be interested in what we share, please tell them about us. They can find our podcast in any directory they get their podcast from. And please go on and rate us. It will let people know about us and find us. Once again, thanks for listening. Cheers. <laughs>